Welcome to Center Ice. This is the second part of our 2021 season preview, and we will be moving on to the West Division today. We did the North Division in our last episode, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, it is on any place where you get your podcast, so go take a listen to that. After you listen to that one, I'm Matthew, and I am here with Mac, and let's jump right into it, shall we, Mac? Yeah, let's do it. All right, well, just like with the North Division, I think we should go from the teams that we think will be towards the top of the division, and we will make our way down. So you gave your predictions to me, so I will start by giving my division winner to you, Mac. And the way I view the West, and you and I have pretty similar views on this, is that the West is kind of top-heavy. You've got three real good teams in the West in Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado. And then I'd say teams like Minnesota, LA could fight for that middle spot, that fourth spot. And then you've got Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose. That's kind of how I see the division breaking down. And after that top three, let's be honest here, Mac, there's a bit of a drop off. Yeah. It's just kind of the way things are set up because, you know, as you'll see when we cover the other divisions, um, they didn't really have a lot of options in terms of this division. And really, in comparison to all the divisions, it's pretty realistic in terms of, you know, things being in the West, all of these places. Like, the only one that's kind of an exception is Minnesota, but every other division is pretty West. Sorry, every other team. Yeah, you're right. Well, you and I may differ on who we think is going to win the division. It's more than likely going to be one of the three unless a team like the Wild surprise us. And that can happen. But if I had to put my money on it, just based off my analysis, I really like the direction the Golden Knights are heading here, Mac. Mm-hmm. They got better over the offseason. They obviously added Petrangelo, a huge pickup. And that's to go along with really all their core pieces. And with the exception of Nate Schmidt, they really didn't lose anyone too too important i'd say over the off season so vegas even though they're really close against the cap as you and i well know i think that mcphee has done a good job navigating it thus far and just with the raw talent and having another year of robin leonard in as your starting goaltender i think that'll help a lot and of course you've still got mark andre fleury who isn't what he used to be but as we talked about in the north division preview the tandems are going to be such an important key to success this year with all the back-to-backs and the tight schedules and of the tandems we I look over in this west division I, I really like Vegas's I don't as long as they don't overplay either goaltender they will be fine on the goaltending front the defense is great obviously adding Petrangelo to that already solid defensive core is just going to make them better and of course I got to mention my guy Mark Stone another year of experience and I think he's going to light it up this year, Mac. He kind of had a little bit of a down year last year compared to what he would normally, especially in the playoffs. But I think there's some motivation on that Vegas team this year that we didn't see last year. They got taken out pretty easily by the Dallas Stars, all things considered. They Uh gave them an okay fight, but I think they knew there was more in them than what they showed in the conference finals last year. And I think they want to get, you can tell they want to get back there. And there's a drive in them. And then when you, I just compare them to St. Louis and Colorado, I, I like St. Louis. I like Colorado quite a bit. But of the teams that are the most complete, I think have the most depth, it's tough. I thought about St. Louis, Mac, and I definitely thought about Colorado too. 
but I just like Vegas. And I, I got to be honest, some, I don't often say it, but sometimes, but I have a gut feeling Vegas is going to win the division. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, there's pretty much three teams that are top three, no matter what, unless something disastrous happens. Um, but yeah, I, I could totally see Vegas finishing number one. Um, myself, I have Colorado in that top spot and I'm a little disappointed that they didn't add to their goaltending, but the, really there weren't a lot of options out there for them in the off season. So I think Joe Sackick just decided, okay, you know, we can do this for another year and see what the market's like next year. Uh, but, you know, you brought in Brandon Saad and you got rid of Zadarov, who is, you know, he's kind of a physical presence, but other than that, he's not really a great defenseman. And then you traded for Devon Taze, who is one of the Islanders' best defensemen. So you've really improved your defense in a short amount of time. And remember, they still have Connor Timmins and Bowen Byram and all these guys coming up. So it really, the sky's the limit for this Colorado team. And, and they're, just, they're just getting better every year. I do agree with you on that. Colorado is getting better every year, and there's no denying it. My problem, and the thing that really held me back to putting Colorado higher, Mac, is the same problem we ran into with Colorado late last season when the season first shut down, and then again in the bubble, is that it's still kind of the Nathan McKinnon show. And if injuries become a problem again, like Landis Gog, Rantanen, maybe a guy like Kadri being out for a while, even McKinnon being out for a while, this is a team that is still very top-heavy. It's getting better, I won't deny it, but... I still have those concerns with the injury and I still think the team's just a little too top heavy, but with that being said, Colorado absolutely on the right track. I have them pegged for second in the division and really all these three teams, I think one could make a case for all of them being in any, any one of the top three positions. So Colorado is my second, but I absolutely see why you have Colorado in first. If they, if they stay healthy and the injury bug doesn't bug them, I think Colorado has a very good shot at winning topsy in the division. Yeah, I was bouncing between Colorado and St. Louis because I like Vegas a lot, but I just think uh, Colorado, St. Louis are just a little more well-rounded in terms of the way their team is built. Um, so, yeah, I had I had St. Louis in third. But remember, like these teams are going to be within five, ten points of each oh, other. Sure. This is going to be pretty fun to watch. I think you're going to see some crazy records with this division, the top three in particular. They're going to, I th there's going to be a real divide between these top three. If things go the way I think they're going to go, you know, the, all these teams, the top three teams are going to have, you know, 60 points or something like that. And then all the other teams are going to be well behind them, even the fourth place team. That's kind of like how for all you baseball fans out there, kind of like how the AL East used to be, you know, there were the top two teams and then there was everyone else. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I see it going this year. It, just because this division and nothing against the other teams, but the top three teams are Stanley cup contenders right now. Let's not beat around the bush there, Mac. They are Stanley cup contenders. And for good reason, of course, St. Louis won it a couple of years ago. Colorado is well on their way and Vegas has been a consistent playoff threat since they've come into the league so those three teams if you're in the bottom four in this division sorry the yeah the bottom four in this bottom five i should say in this division it's going to be tough to earn points against those top three teams and then the question 
of course, becomes Mac. Of those bottom four teams, which team do you see sneaking into that fourth spot? I'm going to go with the Minnesota Wild. And I was tempted to take L.A., but, you know, they're still way too young. And I just like what I saw from Minnesota last year. They've, they've added some players. They got rid of Ryan Donato. You know, they've extended uh, Jonas Brodeen. I think Billy Guerin deserves credit for how he's handled uh, Minnesota ever since he took over. You know, you brought in Marcus Johansson. Cam Talbot uh, improves the goaltending a little bit. Uh, of course, Kirill Kaprizov, who is arguably the best prospect in the league, is going to play. And then you have Nick Benino and Nick Bukestad as well. So really the only guys that left, I mentioned Donato and Alex Galchenyuk. And Galchenyuk was kind of there just briefly. And, you know, he didn't do a whole lot. So I just like the way they play. I think one of the things that impresses me about Minnesota is they've always been a really good defensive team. And they've always had that defense first mindset and, and they'll give teams fits because, you know, guys like Jared Spurgeon and Ryan Suter and Jonas Brodeen, they're just so good defensively. And, and the forwards play that style as well. You bring up a great point about Minnesota's defense. It's good to look back at last season. Remember the first couple of games, Vancouver had a real tough time against Minnesota and their defense. Eventually the Cats, of course, figured it out and took it to Minnesota, but, this Minnesota team, although they're still in a bit of a mini rebuild, Bill Guerin, as you said, you got to give him a lot of credit. He inherited a real tough situation in Minnesota, and he's made some real great strides since he's become the head honcho in Minnesota. And they're a team that I don't think people should be underestimating because the Wilds are one of those teams that can win against any team in the league when they play their game right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned they're just getting better, you know, some of the pieces are starting to come together for them. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see them play. Yeah. This is going to be a year where I think we're going to see a lot of the top hype prospects burst onto the scene in all teams and all divisions. It's going to be a very fast year, and I think it's going to be a very young year as well. So this is a very exciting year. I don't think we've had this many top-level prospects this close to really getting onto the scene in, in a few years. And it's exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. And then after Minnesota, you mentioned LA. I was tempted to put LA because remember how strong they finished the season last year? They won eight or nine in a row, wasn't it? They were really good. Their mm-hmm. prospects are really good. I, I like LA, but when you compare LA and Minnesota, Minnesota's just further along and they've got more experience. But I do expect to see some real improvements from the Kings this year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't know what kind of expectations I have. I think improvement is, is definitely one of them, but remember a lot of their guys are still not ready to play full time yet. And it's only a matter of time. I think maybe not this year, but next year. Yeah. I think you can expect them to really start competing, but I mean, I think they can finish just behind Minnesota in this division. Don't you? Yeah, I think they do especially with Quinton Byfield. He's been, he started off a bit slow for Canada at the World Juniors, which are going on at the moment. But in the past few games, he's really lit it up. I've noticed him a lot more when I've had a chance to watch some Canada games. And I think he's going to, I don't know if he's going to play the full season in LA. They may just give him a trial. But I think that he's going to be a real impact player for LA. If not this year, it's going to be next season. And it's going to be exciting to see 
Yeah, also Alex Turcotte as yeah, well. Exactly. Those two guys are, are going to form a formidable one-two punch at the top of that lineup. Mm -hmm. Oh, the center, the center depth for the LA Kings is going to be quite something in a couple years when those two are ready to go. Yeah. So LA, the, the, the general consensus between us on LA, I'd say, is they're getting ready, but they're not ready yet. But keep an eye on them, essentially. Yeah, yeah pretty much. All right. So who do you have falling into the sixth spot? Because I'd say after Minnesota, LA, there's a real dividing line after that. There's a dividing line after the top three, and then there's a dividing line after the top five. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks because I was tempted to put Anaheim, but I just I don't think it's realistic to expect Anaheim to finish ahead of San Jose just yet. Um, you know, neither of us are huge fans of what San Jose has. And obviously we've made that clear, but you look at really, they didn't do anything this off season. You know, you brought in Ryan Donato. He's a good young player, but he still has a lot to prove. And you brought in Devin Dubnik. Remember Joe Thorne went to Toronto, Melky Carlson signed in Europe. And uh, I just, you know, it's an older team. They don't have a lot of young players anymore. What they need is to prioritize those draft picks and, and get younger. I mean, just look at their goaltending. They're paying a combined $7.916 million for their two goalies next year, and neither of which is very good. Exactly. And you and I talked about this back over the summer. We said that San Jose, they need to get more aggressive here. Doug Wilson just kind of sat on his hands all off season and that that is going to hurt the team this year. And now they don't have Joe Thornton who wasn't doing much in San Jose, but you got to think that's going to leave a hole in the locker room. Joe Thornton had been there for ever and ever. And it's a great pickup for Toronto as you and I have both talked about, but it's going to be weird not seeing him in a Sharks jersey. That's for sure. But Back to the point, San Jose, didn't, as you mentioned, they didn't do anything. I do think they'll be better than they were last year. Last year was just an absolute train wreck mm -hmm. for the San Jose Sharks where everything seemed to have gone wrong for them. I think as the season was going on, I think they were getting bet slightly better and better, especially as players return from injury. Having a healthy Eric Carlson, I think, will make a big difference. He'll never be the player he was in Ottawa. I'm pretty confident in saying that at this point, but that doesn't mean Eric Carlson won't be a great player. And mm -hmm. I think that if they use Carlson in the right role, he'll be able to flip the script in some games for them and get them some wins in some games that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. Cause that's the type of player Eric Carlson can be. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, for example, Tomas Hurdle was out pretty much the entire year and he's one of their best players. They had a ton of injuries last year, and and yeah, certain players did not play up to their potential, but it, it was just disastrous all around last year for them. Yeah, it was a disastrous year, and really anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, and San Jose, is, they aren't as bad as they looked last season, but they're not as good as the team they were two years ago when they made the conference finals. So they're going to fall somewhere in between there, they might be a little better. They might be a little worse. It's a little hard to judge. But just like you, I don't see them getting higher, any higher than fifth. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think they're, they're declining unless something changes fast, unless they start 
really drafting better and developing better, it, it, this is kind of where they're going to be. And they're just going to keep going down at the three. All right. So let me, let me guess your final two picks in order, Max. I think, I think I know it here. Okay. So next up, you've got the Anaheim Ducks. And then the last, you've got the Arizona Coyotes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how I have it too. So before we get on to the Coyotes, because you and I, uh, we have some thoughts about the Coyotes. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that for now, but let's, mm-hmm. let's go to the Ducks. Yeah, and let's the, have some fun, shall we? Yeah, the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing with the Ducks is that uh, it's undeniable that they're making some good moves. They're slowly getting better. They're, they're filling the cupboards with prospects when they used to be bare a few years ago. And they're slowly starting to see their prospects make the show. But what's really holding them back, and you mentioned it before we started recording, is the cap issue. Anaheim has no cap whatsoever, and they still have some big contracts that they need to move. Yeah, exactly. Like you look at their cap situation, Ryan gets left. His contract expires next year. Um, you're paying him $8.25 million this year. You've got Cam Fowler locked in at 6.5 until 2026. I mean, and yeah, David Backus also is going to be a UFA next year. You're paying him 4.5 um, this upcoming season. But, you know, there's still some issues here. I mean, you're paying Adam Henrique. 5.825 until 2023, 2024. You mentioned Silverberg, just over 5 million uh, ending in the same year. So, I mean, the challenge is, yeah, you've got all these great young prospects and I want to highlight Trevor Zegris in particular. I mean, this, this guy is going to be something else. I think he's, he's a very underrated prospect and that he doesn't get the love that maybe a Kaprizov or, the rest of the prospects do, but I think he's going to be really good for Anaheim. Yeah, I do too. And let's not forget, they also picked up Jamie Drysdale at yep. six, which is lower than I thought he would go. I thought Jamie Drysdale would have gone in the top five. A great pickup for Anaheim. He's going to be a solid defenseman for a very long time. And the World Juniors aren't the be-all, end-all for how I judge prospects, but just like Quinn Byfield with LA, he's really looking great on Team Canada this year. And I wouldn't say it's a steal for Anaheim, but it's going to be a very solid pick. And once once he can make the NHL and become an impact player, that's going to be a pick that I think people are going to look back on in five, ten years and say, that was a really, really good pick by Anaheim. Yeah, and one of the things you notice with Drysdale is not only is the skill there and the hockey sense and the skating, but you know, the decisions he makes and the kind of mind he has is perfect for the fast paced game today. And that's only going to get better as he, you know, gets closer and closer to the NHL level. So that's a huge thing for a defenseman is just thinking the game at a different level. Yep. I, I completely agree with you on Anaheim. They're, they're a team. I, I almost compare them to the way the senators were a couple years ago where they were rebuilding and we knew the prospects were coming, but we knew there was a couple of years out. Anaheim's a team where if you're a fan of a Western Conference team, you don't need to pay too much mind to them yet. But I'd say next year and the particularly the year after is the year I would really start paying attention to Anaheim. Because just like all these other teams, with the exception of our last place team, they're getting better. 
Mm. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we've saved the uh, the team that we are probably most opinionated on in the West for last. And uh, Arizona Coyotes, Maka, how do we start on the offseason the Arizona Coyotes had? Because it was a uh, Springfield tire fire to make a Simpsons reference there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you traded away. Um, sorry, you got rid of Taylor Hall because he wouldn't sign with you. And, and it's hard to blame him. And then really you you had a bad draft. You didn't draft very well. And yeah, you got rid of Derek Stepan, but you're still paying most of his salary and you got a second round pick. Okay, whatever. And you brought in Bill Armstrong to be your GM. And I mean, I will say that it takes a little while for someone who hasn't been a GM before to really figure it out. But I got to tell you, I don't envy him because this Arizona Coyotes team is an absolute disaster just yeah <laughs> the amount of money they've committed to players like i don't know why you're paying christian dvorak almost four and a half million until 2024 2025 you know nick schmaltz is making almost six million until 2025 2026 and you signed ekman larson to that huge deal with a we'll worry about it later approach well you try to trade him in the offseason and people were like nope we're not taking him at 8.25. So I don't know. I mean, this, this is a, in my opinion, if you're talking about the toughest teams to really fix this, this is, they're really up there. Here. Oh yeah. I mean, you didn't even mention fill the thrills 6.8 million for another couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it is such a bad situation in Arizona and we try to have the answers. We we really do. Of course, if we if we were perfect on our answers, we'd be GMs of NHL teams right now. But the Arizona Coyotes, you're almost at a loss of we're lost for words for everything that's happened for the Arizona Coyotes. You know, everyone talks about how bad the Senators were with Melnick over the past three years, but at least you can say through all that, Pierre Dorian was drafting and developing good prospects and not making really stupid signings. You can't yeah. say that for Arizona. They've got the same ownership issues, except you've got a team that is spinning tires to at best and just a tire fire at worst. I think that's the best way to put it, no? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're just there's not really a lot of positives. I mean, yeah, I could say they have Clayton Keller and you know, uh, they have some good young players, but it's just not enough and and you shouldn't be committing this much money to all these players when really you're a bottom five team in the NHL. Yeah. And the big problem with the Coyotes, of course, is that they don't have, they don't have their first round pick next year. Cause they got that taken away from the, by the NHL. They don't have a whole lot of draft picks as a whole. They're right up against the cap. And with the exception of a guy like Clayton Keller, there's not a whole lot of guys on the Coyotes where you can say, Someone absolutely wants them. I think one of the more notable signings, and this just sums up the situation, Matt, probably one of the most notable signings this offseason was signing Derek Broussard for a million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. But of course, losing Taylor Hall, as you mentioned. If you're Arizona, what you need to do is you need to start finding ways to move this cap. And that's going to be very hard this season with a flat cap and the fact that no one wants a lot of these players. But if you're, if you're in the Arizona 
head off as, as Bill Armstrong, you need to start making some more aggressive moves. You need to start tearing it down and build around Clayton Keller because he, he is a very good player. He's easily their best player. And Arizona, let's be honest, they never really rebuilt the right way. They, they kind of no. got – I wouldn't yeah. say they got lucky with Clayton Keller. That was a great pick. But, you know, other than that, Ariz- let's not forget Arizona's drafting hasn't been good. You mentioned they have a few decent prospects like Barrett Hayden. Yeah. But other than that, it's not a very good farm system. It's not like Anaheim. Anaheim, of course, isn't in the great, greatest of situations either. But at least you and I can say, look, in two or three years, this team is going to have a lot of really solid players. Mm-hmm. You can't say that with Arizona. So, yeah, exactly. And, and that's a problem. And until, until this situation is fixed, until they figure out how to draft and develop and, and not overpay players and build the right way, there's going to be no change. And if anything, it's going to get worse. Well, yeah, it's absolutely going to get worse before it gets better. And, you know, we'll talk on Detroit in our next episode. But at least with Detroit, you and I can say Steve Yazerman was making moves this offseason that will make his team better than they were last year. You can't say that with Arizona. Yeah, exactly. There is the potential for there to be a tire fire in Arizona in the next couple of years, the likes we haven't seen probably since the expansion era. I just have a bad feeling about it, don't you? Mm. And I don't mean to be all negative on Coyotes fans. You know, for years, you know, I was saying, don't underestimate the Coyotes. Don't sleep on them. They've got some okay players there. And that optimism for me from the coyotes is gone it's it's hard it's really hard to find something positive to say about them besides clayton keller and the goaltending yeah yeah exactly well to end on a positive note for the coyotes if they start making some aggressive moves over this season start shift correcting the ship putting on the right track i think arizona not it won't be a quick rebuild but i think they can start making some moves that won't make them the laughing stock of the league. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. It's going to be a very interesting season. I'd say the West Division is one of the more intriguing ones out there just based on how lopsided it is. Of course, we've got two more divisions to cover. And the Central Division, similar to the West Division, that will be our next episode. And we'll have some thoughts there, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, and before we wrap up, I, I did want to quickly talk about the Blues because, you know... Oh, yes, we didn't talk about the Blues. I'm glad you brought them up. <laughs> I feel like um, Doug Armstrong deserves a lot of credit for how he handled things. I mean, first of all, you lost Alex Petrangelo, and, and nobody wants to lose a player like that, but it was just so hard for them to give him that extra year and give him more money. And, you know, he decided to go to Vegas and it's hard to blame him considering how good Vegas is now and how good they're going to be with him. But I mean, you bring in Tori Krug and you got him at a reasonable number. Um, Alex Steen is on LTIR and he retired. And now you've got Tarasenko on IR to start the season and you were able to be creative and kind of expose a loophole and sign Mike Hoffman to a PTO and then with an expectation of signing him for, you know, four, four and a half million, we'll see what the number is, but I mean, and then you've got Billy Huso who has done very well at the AHL level 
who is supposed to be the backup to Jordan Bennington, replacing Jake Allen. So, yeah, I just I think he did a really good job in a tough situation when you lost one of your best players in kind of bringing in a little more talent at a reasonable number. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. I think uh, the cut – sorry, the, <laughs> the Blues, I should say, are – in a, still in a solid position, Doug Armstrong's made moves where they don't need to rely on a guy like Tarasenko night in and night out. And watch out, once Tarasenko gets back in the lineup, that Blues team is going to be crazy good. And it's it's already very good in the state it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, do you have anything else to add, Mac? No, I think that just about does it. Yeah, so our next, as I mentioned, our next episode we'll be covering the central division and we will get that out to you as soon as we can and i hope you are enjoying the world juniors mac it has been a f- interesting tournament i watched germany lose to russia this afternoon but that was kind of to be expected however i will i will finish on the world juniors by saying tim stetzla looked very good excited to see him in a center's uniform nice yeah um once again thank you for listening uh you know where to find us any podcast platform take care enjoy the world juniors hockey's coming soon january 13th and stay safe guys